welcome to episode 13 of Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast. I am uh, blogcasting from my friend's uh, house in the country. So there's like little singing crickets and whatnot, which is very nice. And it's a lot quieter. You won't hear the the passing truck that you probably usually do for my for my city recording life. Um, so that's happening. Um, and I thought I might, since I've got a few more people listening than I have before, uh, talk to you a little bit about why I started podcasting. Um, so a long time ago, I don't know a long time ago, how, how long time ago could this be? A while ago, I realized that I was listening to a lot of podcasts. Like I was listening to podcasts a lot, but I realized that I was only hearing men's voices in my ears, like all day. There were some days where I was just like hearing podcasts in the morning and a podcast in the afternoon and a podcast in the evening. And I was only hearing men's voices again and again and again and again and again. And I was like, you know, I like men. I like to hear men's voices, but it would be nice to hear some women occasionally. So I started to like look into podcasts that were hosted by women. And at the time, it was actually really hard to find them. Um, yeah, I, I like I did some research and I did find a couple that have stuck with me. But for the most part, uh It's only been in the last, I'd say, couple of years that there's really been a new wave of of female podcasters, which is exciting and awesome. Um, And, uh, you know, so when this first thing started happening, when I realized that there weren't any women doing podcasting, or not any, but there weren't many women doing podcasting, I was like, well, maybe I should do a podcast. Uh, but I, but I realized that I don't really like to talk. So I thought, well, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. And what would I talk about? And I already have a blog and it doesn't make any sense. And I just couldn't get excited about it. Although I did think, well, maybe I'll just read the blog that I already have. Maybe that's a convenient way for people who don't like, have the time to click on a link who can actually just throughout the course of their day, listen to something while they're chopping vegetables for their soup or whatever. So I kind of had the idea. And then Note to Self, which is a podcast that I listened to that was formerly called New Tech City, a name I prefer, I will confess. But uh, in their new incarnation as Note to Self, they, they did an episode about podcasting and how it was kind of a feminist shift, that there was a, a real wave of... of um, women joining podcasting, that podcasting had some opportunities to expand the conversation and the culture. And I don't think any of that was what tipped me over the fence and made me actually push record on my computer. I feel like it was in that conversation where the host of the podcast was talking about how she became a podcaster and her journey of podcasting and how she really thinks of it as a, as, a de, as a development of a personal voice, um, that it isn't the impersonal radio voice that tells you the facts, but a, a very personal, to-the-minute human person talking to you. Um, and that, that sort of idea of needing more women to be heard in this field, that made me finally push the button and give it a try. So that's that story.
um, and I thought you should know. So today I will be reading you the most recent posting on my blog. Uh, I wrote this a few months ago, as often happens. My process is that I, I write a thing by hand with my pen and paper, and then it usually amounts to like three to six months later, I finally get around to typing it, and then from there, <laughs> there is a lag time of getting to the blog, and then usually a lag time from getting to the blog to the podcast. So it's it's a it's a kind of a, a window on what I was thinking a few months ago, but usually I, I my thinking hasn't changed dramatically, and this is a case of that not being true. Uh, that is that is true that uh, that my thinking has not changed dramatically <laughs> since I wrote this. So um, it is about theater. It's probably true of of any art form, um, but I was thinking about theater, and it is called the ecosystem of a theater scene. Ecosystem of a theater scene. I saw a big fancy Broadway show that lots of my friends and colleagues had been raving about. It's a show that utilizes the skills, ideas, movement, vocabularies, and motifs of devised and physical theater. I saw elements of viewpoints, of chorus work, of dance theater. For many Broadway audiences, this piece felt extremely innovative and experimental. I'd wager that 97% of the audience had never seen anything like it before. I, on the other hand, have seen a lot of things like it before, though not with that kind of budget and all of those bells and whistles. For me, it felt like old news dressed up in fancy trimmings. I could draw a direct line from the motifs I saw in this show to the innovative independent theaters I've seen in the UK. This show was a UK production, and in it, I could see echoes of knee-high, improbable, complicité, frantic assembly, shared experience, to name a few. This has made me think about how complex the ecosystem of theater is. I think of it as a rainforest. A rainforest's ecosystem features the emergent layer at the top, the canopy is below it, the understory or shrub layer is next, and the forest floor is at the bottom. There are similar layers in the ecosystem of theater making. Here in the States, Broadway is the emergent layer, the trees that grow high above everything else. They are the ones that get the most light they are the most visible. But the emergent layer can't grow without the support of the layers below. The life cycle of plants on the forest floor directly feed those emergent trees. The ideas, skills, and innovations at the bottom feed the trees at the top. Unfortunately, American funding structures don't support the layers of the forest below the canopy. Money flows primarily to the emergent layer, Broadway, with some diversion to the canopy, regional, off-Broadway theaters, but the understory and the forest floor are starved of funds. This is not good for the ecosystem as a whole. In a way, the American emergent layer has been feeding on the forest floor of the British ecosystem for the last decade or so. This may change once the arts cuts in England start to starve the understory and forest floor there as well. The Broadway audience owes its new encounter with experimental work to the investment the English Arts Council made in non-establishment research and development in the previous 25 to 30 years. Now that the Arts Council England has had its funding dr drastically diminished, Broadway may not be able to depend on getting its innovations from the ecosystem across the pond. Perhaps, I might suggest, it would be worth investing locally 
and providing support for the shrub layer and the forest floor and the very soil that Broadway Emergent Layer is planted. That's the way to a healthy ecosystem. So this episode, this, uh, this entry, this blog, this particular entry, topic, whatever, is dedicated to my mom. My mom is a, an environmentalist for, for my whole life. She's been a dedicated environmentalist. So whenever I talk about nature stuff, I think about my mom. So this is for her, this one. Um, so to wrap up here, I thought I would tack on to the end um, another song about a different kind of ecosystem or maybe not belonging in an ecosystem, as long as we're talking about interesting environmental locations. Um, and it's kind of sweet to just stick it on at the end here today because I've been thinking, oh, I'm at my nice friend's house with the crickets. Um, and this song that I'm going to play for you now is a, a song that I recorded um, at my friend's place in the Virgin Islands many years ago. And you can hear in the background these adorable koki frogs who were singing while we're singing the song about the desert. You're actually hearing these like tropical frogs. So there's a kind of whole bunch of different nature ideas kind of all intersecting. Um, so enjoy Starfish in the Desert. And I should say too that uh, singing with me is my dear friend Bethany Burgess-Smith who is uh, the singing background for me for this song. So it's not just at her house with her frogs, it's also her lovely voice. I'm a starfish in the desert, lost under the sky. I'm a starfish in the desert, Wishing I could fly through the hot and arid desert sand Searching for the end of land Hoping for some gentle hand To pick me up and drop me in the sea I don't know how I got here I just woke up with the sun Drying out my open arms and laughing like he'd won There's sand in all directions But there's waves inside of me And no tidal pool protection like there you Starfish in the desert, lost under the sky. I'm a starfish in the desert, wishing I could fly through the hot and arid desert sand, searching for the end of land, hoping for some gentle hand to pick me up and drop me in the sea. I've been staring at a cloudless sky, hoping it will rain, trying hard to find my way, but it all looks the same. There's nothing here but moonlight that I can understand. Stars are all mixed up at night, stretched across the sand. Can there be some reason why I'm here? There's no change in season, no one hears me. Is this some destiny? To be a starfish in the desert. Starfish in the desert And all the other starfish that I used to see 
Everything is still here, but I can feel the moon crying at my liquid heart to say I'll be home soon. No more starfish in the desert, lost under the sky. No more starfish in the desert, wishing I could fly through the hot and arid desert sand, searching for the end of land, hoping for some gentle hand to pick me up and drop me in the sea. Would you pick me up and drop me in the sea? Drop me in the sea. Would you pick me up and drop me in the sea?